Uh, I've ever never known exactly what to preach uh, at any given time other than to diligently seek the Lord uh, and to ask Him to put on my mind what needs to be preached. I actually had something else on my mind uh, yesterday and this morning. This very familiar passage uh, is on my mind this morning and I hope and trust this of the Lord. I'll invite you to turn to the 23rd chapter of the book of Psalms. Uh, Psalm that's very beloved. It was recently uh, read quickly by Brother John Mark uh, recently. But it's been a comfort to the Lord's people. Uh, I guess since it was ever penned. I think it was a comfort to David. King David, <clears throat> as he penned these words, I can't think of anyone better the Lord could have used to pen this psalm than King David. David was king. David was a shepherd. David knew what it was like for a shepherd to love his sheep. When David was just a boy and the great giant Goliath had come up. You may remember in the book of Samuel that all the Israelites were very afraid. The Bible said every time Goliath came up that the children of Israel were dismayed and greatly Afraid, But David's response was different. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David would approach King Saul and said, I'll fight the giant. Saul would say, basically, David, you're just a boy. But Goliath's been fighting. He's been learning the art of war since he was a boy. And David would recount to King Saul a couple of accounts of things that had happened to him. Not in David being a warrior, not in David being a soldier, but in David being a shepherd. He basically said, there was a time, O oh king, when I was keeping my father's sheep and a, a big lion came. And he got one of my father's sheep and, and I went out and I slew that lion and I got my sheep and I brought him back home. He said, there was another time, O king, when a bear came and got one of my father's sheep and I went out and I slew that bear and I got my sheep and I brought him back home. Somebody may think that David was trying to brag and show King Saul how tough he was, how, 
how strong he was, how valiant he was. But David would give God all the honor and all the glory for those battles that he had won as a shepherd. Not as a soldier, but as a shepherd. He said, God blessed me to kill the lion. And God blessed me to kill the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be as one of these, seeing he had defied the armies of the living God. One of the things that shows is how much David trusted in the Lord and not in himself. And he gave God all the honor and all the glory for him being blessed to deliver those little sheep. But I'll tell you, it also shows how much David loved the sheep. Somebody may think, oh, I'm a shepherd, you know, a I don't know if I could go after a lion or a bear. Maybe that one little sheep, it's just one. Maybe we just count that sheep as a loss. But David said, no. I love my sheep. And every single one's important. I love my sheep and it doesn't matter if I have to battle a lion. Doesn't matter if I have to battle a bear. I love my sheep, and I'm going to go after them. So David had a great knowledge, intimately, of what it was like to be a shepherd and what the life of a sheep was like. He would begin this psalm by saying, The Lord is my shepherd. You know, the life of a sheep, how good that life was or how bad that life was was totally dependent on who's that sheep's shepherd is. All shepherds weren't good. If you look in Ezekiel chapter 34, we'll see the Lord giving some tough words to some shepherds of Israel. Ezekiel 34 and verse 2, what is beginning verse 1? <clears throat> and the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds. Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Ye eat the fat, ye clothe you with the wool, ye kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. The diseased have ye not strengthened. Neither have ye healed that which was sick, neither 
Have ye bound up that which was broken? Neither have ye brought again that which was driven away. Neither have ye sought that which was lost. But with force and with cruelty have ye ruled them. He goes on to describe the terrible state of that flock. Because they had shepherds that instead of feeding the flock and taking care of the flock, they fleeced the flock. What was the Lord's remedy for that? He looked later in that same chapter of Ezekiel 34. Here's the Lord's remedy. For thus saith, this is verse 11 of Ezekiel 34. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold I, even I, will both search, listen, my sheep. He doesn't say these sheep. He said I will both search my sheep. He said they're mine. And seek them out. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day, that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all the places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and the dark day. Now I'll bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries will bring them to their own land. He talks about numerous companies. Here's a sheep that's not just composed of Jews, but also of Gentiles, and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in all the inhabited places of the country. And I'll feed them in a good pasture. And upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. They shall lie in a good fold. And in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock. And I'll cause them to lie down. And I'll seek that which was lost. Bring again that which was driven away. And I'll bind up that which was broken. We'll strengthen that which was sick, but I'll destroy the fat and the strong, and I'll feed them with judgment. We see a great picture there in Ezekiel over what it's like to have a bad shepherd, where the diseased are not taken care of, where the, the hungry are not fed, where, where the lost are never searched out after. And then to see when the Lord says, I'm going to be their shepherd. And he takes care of the sick. He takes care of the diseased. And he leads them and he feeds them in a good pasture. Upon the high mountains of Israel. And I'm sure David, as he thinks about all the experiences he's had in his life as a shepherd... And him taking care of the sheep, 
David and in thinking of that, thinks about how not only is he a shepherd, but that he's also a sheep. Not only was he a king, but he looked to a king far greater than him, far stronger than him. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That word want means I'm not going to lack for anything I need. My shepherd will supply everything I need. My shepherd will take care of me no matter what. The Lord is my shepherd. You see, if you had a shepherd that might have good intentions, but if you had a shepherd that was weak, was weaker than the bear, was weaker than the lion, even though you had a shepherd that loved you, you still might be in trouble as a sheep. But David said, my shepherd's able to take care of anything. The Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Almighty God, who has all strength, who has all power, and who loves me, his little sheep. Because the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not lack for anything because the Lord's my shepherd. You know, a lot of animals have built-in abilities to defend themselves or Wonderful creator God, our heavenly father, made it that way. A lion is strong and has big teeth and can defend itself with those things. A rabbit is not the best fighter, but it's pretty fast. And it can run away from would-be attackers. There's different animals in the animal kingdom that can camouflage themselves. There's certain little lizards that on a brown leaf, they'll be brown and can hide from their would-be attackers. And on a green leaf, they'll be green and they can hide. But when you think of a sheep, what defense mechanism does a sheep have? They're not very camouflaged. They're kind of an off-white color a lot of times. And on the green grasses, they don't hide very well. They're not very strong. They don't have big teeth. And they're not that fast. So what's the protection of a sheep? It's only the shepherd. If a sheep looks to itself, 
it's going to be in trouble. But if the sheep looks to its good shepherd, it'll be okay. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Sheep are not the smartest animals in the world. I'm told that if a shepherd does not lead the sheep, that they'll stay in the same pasture and eat and eat and eat till they eat the grass to the roots. They've eaten up the roots. There's nothing left. They're just in a dirt pasture, but they ain't moving. They'll just stay there unless the shepherd leads them to another place. Says he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. The shepherd knows just the right place for the sheep to be fed with the good things that the sheep needs. The sheep doesn't know <laughs> what it needs. But the shepherd knows and he maketh, it's by his power, he maketh the sheep to lie down in green pastures. Lush food, exactly the food that the sheep needs because the shepherd knows the food that the sheep needs. We just sang a song, hungry and faint and poor. Behold us, Lord, again. Assembled at thy mercy's door, thy bounty to obtain. Goes on to say, the food our spirits want. Thy hand alone can give. Oh, hear the prayer of faith and grant that we may eat and live. The heart cry of the writer of that song is much like a little sheep that says, Lord, I don't know what pasture I need to be in. Lord, but you make me to lie down in the green pastures. Lord, you know exactly what my soul needs today. When a sheep lies down, that's a place of rest. It's a place of comfort. You know, a sheep just won't lie down if, if certain needs are not met. You know, if a sheep's afraid, it ain't gonna lie down. So when it says, he maketh me to lie down, it shows what the psalmist has already said. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm not gonna have any need that lacks. That is shown already to be true because the shepherd maketh us to lie down in green pastures. Do we ever get afraid? We have a shepherd that can take care of our fear because he's bigger than the lion. He's bigger than the bear. He's, 
bigger than any trial or tribulation that may could come against us. He's bigger than anything that could, could disturb the peace in our hearts. A sheep won't lie down if it's hungry. These sheep that are actually lying down in the green pastures have already been fed and they feel full. We serve a Lord that's able to fill the sheep. We sing a song, fill me now. Fill me now. Jesus come and fill me now. One of the devil's lies to God's little sheep is that the world will fill us. That the world will make us feel uh, fulfilled. And that's the lie of Satan. The things of the world leave us in. But the Lord's able to fill the sheep. The Lord is able to satisfy the sheep. Since he leadeth me beside the still waters. He not only has the food that we need, he has the drink that we need. John chapter 7 on that last day, that great day of the feast, the Lord Jesus would say, if any man thirst." Let him come unto me and drink. As the scripture is said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. By this spake he of the Spirit, which should afterward be given, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet crucified. He was talking about the Holy Spirit, not what we're blessed with in regeneration. It's the same Holy Spirit, but he's talking about that special outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. It's an outpouring that we ask for today. Lord, lead us beside the still waters. Lord, bless us to fill the waters of thy Holy Spirit. Lord, that we so desperately need. These were not scary waters. They were not fast moving waters. These were calm, peaceful waters. In this world, Brother Riley so ably mentioned it in his prayer, this, this world is a mess. But in the midst of a tumultuous world, in the midst of a world that just seemingly has wars and trials and tribulations and sin abounding. In the midst of this tough world, there's a place where the shepherd takes the flock in green pastures. And he leads us beside the still waters. The Lord Jesus would say in the world, ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He's peace in the midst of the storm. 
He's the one, no matter how bad the storm gets, he can say, peace, be still. And the waves subside. And the troubles subside. Said he restoreth my soul. Probably from an outward standpoint in the history of the world, people are able to get as comfortable as we've ever been able to get. We got the most comfortable cars. We've got the most comfortable beds. We've got the most comfortable easy chairs. But I dare to say, inside comfort may be at an all-time low in our world today. You see, we can be sitting on the nicest recliner ever made driving in the nicest car ever made or laying in the nicest bed ever made and our soul is troubled. We don't have rest on the inside. You know, we have a good shepherd. And by the way, it's no accident that Psalms 23 follows Psalms 22. You know what Psalms 22 is all about? It's a prophecy of the Lord Jesus dying on the cross of Calvary. You know how Psalms 22 begins with a, with a quote of the Lord Jesus on the cross. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And Psalms 22 will detail a lot of the sufferings, individual details of the suffering for Christ, of Christ on the cross. Reminds me of what Jesus would say in John chapter 10. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life. For the sheep. You see, David loved the sheep so much he risked his life for the sheep. But Jesus did even more than that. He gave, freely gave his life for the sheep. Says he restoreth my soul. You know, a sheep could get into a bad predicament. It's called being cast down. I think the way this feels, David would describe, or the psalmist would describe in Psalms chapter 42, verse 5, where it says, Why art thou cast down? Oh my soul. That word cat, that phrase cast down means to sink, to be despairing, 
Why art thou cast down on my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Disquieted is the opposite of peace. It's the opposite of comfort. It's the opposite of rest. He says, hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Who can help with the cast down soul? Really just one that's able to give us the help that we need for the cast down soul. And that's the shepherd. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I'll yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Word countenance has the connotation of face. It's like just something about me seeing the Lord makes everything better. And I'm going to tell you something about the sheep. Seeing its shepherd, even hearing its shepherd makes everything so much better. I'm told that the sheep, you know, when they hear some of the things that scare them in the distance, like the howl of the wolf in the distance or the, the war of the lion in the distance and the sheep can hear that and the sheep begin to get unsettled, the sheep begin to get fearful that just the sound of the shepherd's voice makes them feel better. Because they know if I hear his voice, he's close. But how much even more if they see his face, if they get the help of his countenance, you know, in John 10, the Lord Jesus would say, the good shepherd, he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. He doesn't push the sheep to the front. He leads from the front. We got too many so-called leaders today that want to push the sheep in the front and lead from behind. The Lord Jesus leads from the front. He calleth his own sheep. He leadeth them out. You keep going in Psalms 42. That question is again repeated in the last verse. Which says, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? The same question. Said, hope thou in God. He's our only remedy. He's our only hope. Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him. Listen to this. It's a little different word in here. Who is the help of my countenance and my God. Notice what it said in the earlier verse, verse 5 of that same chapter. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. I'm going to praise the Lord for the help of his countenance, his face. You know, the, the first couple of times the word countenance is used in the Bible, it's talking about Cain. Brother John Mark talked about Cain recently and how he, he slew his brother Abel. And you remember what happened when God didn't receive the sacrifice Cain had? It said his countenance was fallen. A lot can be told by our countenance. 
And when the psalmist is crying out, my soul's cast down. He said, I need the help of thy countenance, Lord. I, I need to, to see thy face. I need to see thy glory. But you know what happens when it does that? It helps the countenance of the psalmist. You see, when I can see his face through an eye of faith, it helps my face. It helps my countenance. It's much like he would say there in, in Psalms 23, he restoreth my soul. He's able to help me on the inside when things seem desperate and I'm worried and I'm afraid and I'm anxious and I don't see any way out. He's able, he restoreth my soul. You know, a sheep could literally get into a cast down position. And what a cast down sheep literally means is that the sheep is on its back and it cannot get up. Uh, several years ago, I saw a couple of foreign police officers. This happened in a foreign country and they had found a cast down sheep and that sheep had almost killed itself trying to get on its feet but a cast down sheep that's flat on its back cannot get up. Sometimes they get in that position because they try to find the easiest, most hold out little places to lay down where everybody else is gone. <laughs> you know, the Bible tells us we don't need to be in the, the broad way, the way that the world's gone, but that the sweet path of discipleship is in the straight gate, the narrow way, following after our Lord and Savior. That's where the sheep need to go in that way. But sometimes I can try to go the way that everybody else has gone. It's not the Lord's way. I can find myself cast down. Sometimes a sheep, you know, a sheep has to be shorn. Sheep's got to be cut. And if a sheep's not cut, they just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger in their, their wool. And the wool itself, they've gotten so big, they'll get in a cast down state. Now, I'm going to tell you, our fleshly nature needs to be shorn sometimes. Because we can get too big for our britches. I can. And I can get in a cast down state. There's a lot of things that can make a sheep get in a cast down state. But when it happens, another sheep can't help you. Mm -hmm. That's right. You can't help yourself. Sometimes sheep would try to get up and they would be so much doing everything they could do, they'd be flailing their legs that they would actually break their legs. And instead of their situation getting better, it just get worse. I think the Lord Jesus in Luke 15 was kind of talking about a sheep like this. He said, what man of you, if you have a hundred sheep, would not leave the ninety and nine in the fold and go after the one that's lost? And it says, that shepherd that goes after the one that's lost, and that teaches a lot of things. That teaches the shepherd loves every little sheep. 
David was willing to go after one sheep that the lion had got. One sheep that the bear got. He loved every little sheep. Let me tell you something. The Lord Jesus died for every single little sheep. He loves us all individually. And I believe if it just been one, his love for that single sheep is so much, he'd have still done it. But what is the shepherd the Lord Jesus is talking about? What does he do? He goes after the one sheep. He leaves the 99, but he loves that one that's lost so much. He goes after it. And he doesn't quit searching until he finds it. I don't think that sheep was able to come back to the fold on its own. I believe it was probably a cast down sheep. May have struggled so much it broke both, broke both its legs or a couple of his legs. So what did the shepherd do? It says he lay it on his shoulders. Rejoice. He said, I found my sheep that was lost. No, the sheep couldn't come back to the fold, but the sheep didn't have to. Because the shepherd put it on his shoulders. Do you think that sheep felt safe? Do you think that sheep has soul had been restored? They're on the shoulders of the shepherd. You know, sometimes when we need our shepherd the most, that's where he puts us. Right on his shoulders. I remember as a little boy, mama and daddy would take us to the zoo and you know, I was just a little short thing and I'd be running up trying to look at my favorite animals but there's always all these people <laughs> in the way. And I just couldn't see. But daddy would get me and put me on his shoulders. And oh, the things that I could see on daddy's shoulders. I'll tell you, little child of God, how much more can we see on the shoulders of our shepherd, our master, and our friend? He's able to restore our soul. He's able to lift us up when we're cast down. On the inside, he restores my soul. Says, yea, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When we walk in the paths and following our Lord, it honors his name. It says he leadeth us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When we walk and we follow in the footsteps of Christ and we follow him closely as his sheep, when we do what this book says, his name is honored. His name is glorified. But I'm going to tell you, when we do the opposite, when we don't do like what we ought to do, we dishonor his name. Now don't get me wrong. His name, whatever I do, his name's going to still be just as glorious, just as majestic, just as holy as it ever was. But I 
will have dishonored his name. Amen. I remember when I worked as a security guard at the mall and we'd catch some young person doing something very wrong and we'd have the police there and I'd be talking with them and the question always come up, who's your mama? Who's your daddy? Sometimes what they had done dishonored their mama or their daddy. Doesn't mean I thought less of their mama and daddy, but what they had done dishonored their name. Then he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death. Sometimes we have to walk through dark valleys in this life. He says, the valley of the shadow of death. You know, to us as little sheep of God, we deal with the shadow of death, not with death itself. Because of what Jesus has done for us, there's a part of us that never dies. The Lord Jesus would tell Martha, the tomb of Lazarus, he would say, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead. That tells me those that are able to believe in the Lord Jesus don't believe in order to become alive, but they're blessed to believe because they're already alive. He, though he, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he that believeth in me shall never die. There's a part of us, this little sheep of God, and what a comfort this is when we think of our loved ones and the dear old saints of God who have gone on before. No matter if we're about to leave, breathe our last breath, death is just a shadow for us because that soul and spirit that he's already changed in regeneration shall never die. But as soon as we breathe our last breath, it'll immediately go to be with the Lord in his presence in heaven and immortal glory. Because of what Jesus has done for us, because of his precious blood that was shed for us on Calvary's tree, death is just a shadow. Amen. And a shadow can't hurt us. I'm not scared of Goliath's shadow. I'm scared of Goliath. I'm scared of death, but I'm not scared of the shadow. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, or fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. A lot of times it was in the valley that the sheep would be closest to the predators that may hurt them. And they'd hear the sound of the wolf the sound of the bear. But they said, even in the valley, in the toughest trials and tribulations I've undergone, I'm not going to fear any evil, for thou art with me. 
Thy rod, my staff, they comfort me. He's gone even a step further than the sheep just hearing the voice of the shepherd. But the sheep feeling the touch of the shepherd's staff and of the shepherd's rod. I'm going to tell you, little child of God, in the lowest points of our life, that's when the Lord will be with us the most clearly Amen. and the most manifestly and will feel the touch of his gentle hand ever, ever near. He goes on to say, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. He gives us more than we ever need. And our so much that our cup runneth over. What do we do with the run over cup? It allows us to be a blessing to others. The Lord's given us more than we need. It allows that to be a blessing to others. Surely, goodness. And mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. He not only leads us before, he's taking care of us from behind. He's our rearward. And our job as a probation officer, we changed the way we shoot. We used to just shoot on the firing range and we cover left, cover right, go to the holster. We had some probation officers that got shot from behind, shot at from behind. So they changed it. And before we ever go to the holster, we cover left, we cover right, and we check our sixes. That means behind us. Six on the clock. Because we need to look out what's behind us. You don't want an enemy following you. But what, because of the blessed shepherd that we have, what follows us? He said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He's given us a place to eat with him at his table. He's given us the most precious things to follow us throughout life. David said, I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I would to God we'd always be faithful to his house. That we'd be faithful in the kingdom with our shepherd. Till one day he takes us to the house, not made with hands. Eternal in the heavens, where we're blessed to be in the mansions of all Lord and glory. May God bless you. That's my prayer. Amen.